You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Anne Juliet Podcast. In today's episode, Anne Juliet composer Max Martin talks to Sarah Bareilles about the intersection of pop music and musical theater. My questions for Max, coming to this as just a longtime fan, my very, very first love was musical theater, and then I took a left turn into, you know, the music industry as a pop artist, and Max Martin is pretty much the gold standard of pop songwriters he's made I don't need to tell you this but for anyone listening he is he has made every song you fucking love sorry you can just bleep that every song you love has come from this man it's it's just unbelievable and his collaboration with these extraordinary artists so it was so much fun to go sort of swimming through your own nostalgia in this new contemporary but not contemporary way it was just a really unique blend of storytelling and that wonderful feeling you you get from listening to songs you love but told in a new way and on new voices and I was just blown away by the orchestrations my friend Bill Sherman also worked on the show like I just have a lot of friends who were such a a huge part of this but um I guess my big question was why, why, why now, why these songs, why, you know, what made you want to say yes to doing this massive project? Um, you know, it's, uh, well, thank you for saying that. Um, that was, I'm blushing right now. Um, it was actually, it came from my, actually my wife came up with the original idea of, you know, trying to do a musical uh, based on, the songs that I've been part of many years ago, um, you know, and it, it, we 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 came into this. Very, uh, we were very naive, and and you know, as you know, you you started doing musicals too, so you know probably as well as I do how you have this idea of what it's going to be. We had no idea. Um, but I it always was, say, uh, if I knew how hard it was going to be, I wouldn't have said yes. <laughs> I've, you know what? I'm with you on that one. Yeah, it's, like it's, my it, naivete was a part of why it, I'm glad I didn't know going into right. it. Yeah. But but that's that goes back to also getting into music in general. When you start, you have no idea, you know, you just come in with it with with a lot lots of love for the art and everything that comes with it. You 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 know nothing about and yeah, it's probably too, you know, helps you <laughs> to continue because if you know all the obstacles and all the 
I don't know, naysayers and the doubt and all that stuff and the self-hate and insecurities that comes along with it, you probably wouldn't do it. But it was kind of the same thing with this. I guess, you know, it was a time, this is probably around 2010, I would say. You know, I've been going for, at that point, maybe for 20 years doing this. When she said, uh, like, hey, well, wouldn't that be fun to try to do something different? And we were like, cool, let's do it. And we started talking to people and went around and saw some, you know, interesting script ideas and stuff like that. And then we never really found anything. And then it wasn't until we met Tim Heddington and Teresa Page, where we kind of, that's when we kind of started for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the reason, the reason why was really to like, just like, hey, let's do something different. Not yeah. knowing that it would take up all of my time forever. <laughs> forever. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I think I'm, you know, one of many people who are so glad that you didn't know, you know, and so you said yes to going down this road, because I think theater is such a, I mean, it's such a vital part of the arts community and having, did you have a relationship to musical theater, like growing up? Did you listen to cast albums or see shows? Or I mean, not really. I mean, mm-hmm. my, my, my parents probably had a few cast albums at home um, that you would listen to. But, and and I've said this before, I've probably, you know, I've probably seen three or four musicals in my life, but I kind of realized quickly that I fell in love with the whole idea of, because I kind of feel like the whole, the telling a story on stage with an audience is kind of the ultimate way of telling a story. Um, So, yeah, my, and I found that, going into this process without knowing that much. Also, you know, sometimes it's good to have an idiot in the room who like asks these questions that are stupid, but sometimes you ask the right question and maybe you come in from a different angle and and uh, find solutions that maybe, you know, if everyone's sort of seasoned, and I've seen this in my day job as well, where, you know, the, the best idea can come from the, you know, the least experienced person in the room. It makes me think about sometimes I think that person who has the least experience is like the best conduit to the audience because they're, they're sometimes the bridge towards, you know, the psyche of the person who's coming in to just receive whatever is being created. And so I think it's really easy to get bogged down in the minutia of how to build the Lego structure and right. you forget that if the person in the room, the, if all of the nuance is lost on the person of the room, then it might not have been that intelligent in the first place. No, yeah, no, no, I, I'm with you. And, and a lot of, you know, in my music making, I like to, I, I actually love when it's super clear and, and, you know, I don't like when it goes over, you know, over your head and all that stuff. And, you know, there's so many people, as you know, involved in this. Was just, I mean, this is not just me, um, but from from the music standpoint, we're together with Bill and with Dominic, and and you know, creating this um, with having me as the sort of naive, like, hey, why can't we have 808s? And the, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why can't we, why can't we have a side chain on the bass so the kick drum, you know, and all that stuff. Because I come from the studio world, but everything is super controlled, and you have so much time, and you can try it over and over again. And but in, in on the stage, you have maybe you know sound checking with a band. You have you know an hour to 
do the whole show. So you can, you can, you only have so many chances to get it right. I have to say the sound in that theater is incredible. I think Thank to you. be, to be able to, because I think that's what you want from those songs as well. There's, they're obviously these iconic songs and you sort of know them a certain way. And of course, yes, they're reimagined to a certain extent, but nothing, there was nothing wimpy about it, which I right. loved. It was right. powerful and bold and, um, and from a sound design perspective, it felt really, really, um, rich. And it was, I was really impressed with that. Thank you. I, th I think, I think it was really, I felt like it, if you see, when you see the show, there are obviously a lot of songs is turn, where does it turn on its head? It's, you know, it's an up-tempo song might now be a, a ballad or, or, you know, there might be a, a woman singing what used to be sung by a man and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. But then there are those moments where the, where I was like, these songs need to, you know, when you go and see like, um, boy, what's it called? Backstreet's back, but it's not called that. It's called boy bands back. Um, in the show, I felt like we need to make that into the moment where you can feel the power and you can feel in, like the whole thing that Luke uh, Shepard always talks about where, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a con, it's a pop concert, but it's also theater, but it's, 100% both kind of thing, yes. um, which sort of demanded a lot of work on the sound. So it, you know, it feels powerful. I agree with you about that. I think there are certain shows that sort of need, I don't know if it's because of density of lyrics or like there, you need a little bit less bombastic approach from the sound design. It's, it's actually better for the show, for the sonic experience to be more intimate. But I think for this show that wouldn't have made any sense whatsoever you know i think that you no and, but that's also that was also the cha challenge because i believe i think that we have both right there's mm -hmm. both the bombastic but but the sort of roller coaster going up and down and the emotional roller coaster that we have in our show you know it's there's a lot of heart in it and, and that you, you're absolutely right you have to know when to sort of make it big and know when to make it small and and that yeah. was a huge challenge challenge too you know um but that's also why we have you know a bunch of string players and you know for these all all the way through to keep keep it you know some keep that emotional um fader so to speak yeah. in there yeah um what is the band configuration how like how many pieces um do you know we have four I have to count now because it's four string players. There's a bass player. There's a guitar player. There's a drummer, and there's two keyboard players. Mm -hmm. What is Amazing. that? A lot. I, uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Thank you. it was it was awesome. I'm curious about your perspective on this, but it's the thing to me that feels the most different from being an artist, being a pop artist. Um, is that you are truly a part of an orchestra the entire time. There is no singular person. The show doesn't happen without you. It's we are a team. We come together. It is all for one and one for all. And I think that um, I just love that spirit so much. I think that's it's such a generous way to create for the you know, for the most part, I have felt that the, the community of people that I've experienced in the theater community is, is just I never want to go back.
I mean, of course, yes, I want to go back, but you know, want to do both, I should say. <laughs> you're, you're bitten by the bug. I mean, I, I agree because I come from a lot of my work is done in teams, right? I, I, like most of these songs, a lot of these songs in the show, I've co-written with people throughout the years. And and uh, I remember one night when that happened for the first time, I was in the theater and uh, someone was out last minute and I panicked. I was like, how, what, what's going on? And and that's when I really got to see what you're talking about because the audience, you know, riled up and became part of the whole, like carrying this person through the show. Yeah. There was so much love. From, like you said, the company came together. The audience was like so supportive. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, everyone like are really nice in here. <laughs> <It's great. laughs> um, so, so yeah, I'm totally with you on that one. The, the whole family vibe and it's been super important for us to to really keep that sort of feeling in the company and that everybody understands that you know we're all part of this it's not just the people on stage it's everyone working behind the stage, even you know people selling the popcorn and, and and all that stuff it takes a village to to, to get this on stage you know and, and and we try to i try to sort of emphasize that as, as much as i can when when i get a chance Will you talk to us about the song that was written specifically for Anne Juliet, One More Try? How did you approach writing something completely original for this? Or what felt different about it, I guess, from, from other songwriting you've done? So the scene for One More Try, it actually happened kind of organically that we just couldn't sort of find music from the vault, so to speak, to tell that story, what was going on in that scene. And so it was like a, it was like we had to do it. And it was really scary because I, I kind of walked in thinking that part of the job was done. Like yeah. my, I, I'd done it for 25, whatever it was time. And they were like, Hey, we need a new song. I was like, cool. All right. Because um, also the song before that song comes in and the songs after that song are sort of legit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They've been around for a minute and, mm -hmm. You know, I know them so well and all that. So now I've, I felt a lot of pressure to come up with something that sort of was up to par with something that's been so, I don't know, stood the test of time or whatever you yeah. want to call it. But it was also super exciting to be like, okay, it was, it was very specific what needed to be said in that moment. But I struggled with it. It was really hard. Uh, I had this idea like, okay, I'm going to do this by myself. Um, I couldn't do it. Uh, so I brought in... A few of my friends that I work with, Salvan Kutesha, Peter Svensson, and, and, and a few more. I think it was one more Oscar Holter, I think is on there too. And and sort of just got to work. Um, they came up with the, with a seed that was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Let's work on that. And like, I need help. I really need help on that one. I'm not going to lie. I'm really happy I did it. It was, it was hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we did it yeah, I, and, and, and now it's in and, and, and I'm happy. Yeah. It's amazing. I know I can imagine because you're dealing with like these mega juggernaut hit, hit, hit. And then you're like, okay, can I just pull one of those out of the right. ether again? That's good. Yeah, and it does. It's, it's, it suits, it lives in that world completely. I'm so, yeah, that's I, amazing. I hope so. I knew it, I, you know, again, it's hard to, you know, it's always hard to do it when you have to be, you know, it's hard to compare it to the other ones, but, but I sort of came in 
uh, decided to come in at it from the angle of like, okay, let's just tell, make sure this story is, is being told here and not worry so much about, you know, is it as good as I want it that way or this yeah, and that, you know? Right, right, it was more right, like, right. let's just make sure Luke Shepard is happy. <laughs> and, right. uh, and, but and, the story's and, getting told. That makes sense. That yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it turned out pretty well, I have to say. Yeah, great. But I'm cu- I'm, I have a question for you, Sarah, because sure. you were killing it. And then what, what made you sort of, what made you want to do what you do now? Like what, what turned, you know? After my second record, well, it was partially moving to New York was, um, after my second record, Kaleidoscope Heart, I was happy, comfortable, had a great little life in LA. I had a bungalow in Venice and friends and was working, you know, I, there was nothing wrong. I just, when I, when I talk about it, I, I say that I sort of felt just un alive. I just wasn't, there was no fire. I could see down the road, the cyclical nature of being a pop artist. I was like, I can, I know what this is going to be for the next 20 years if I wanted to, which is you write songs, you go into the studio, you make a record, you go on tour, you tour for a while, you come back, you take a little break, and then you start over. And I just felt claustrophobic. And so I took what I thought would be one year, a little like rumspringa. I went to New York. I was like, I'll I'll go and just, I'm just going to live in New York for a little while. And what I feel, the person that I feel like I encountered within myself that lived here was so much more exciting (laughs) than the person that was living in my life in LA. Um, and New York is a huge character in in the story of my life. Like I just, and I think it's, you know, really that's just a metaphor for the people that have I've encountered here, the the arts community, the food, the the density of the population, the complicated nature of life here. I just, I feel more alive. And um, I took a meeting with, um, Diane Paulus, who is our director for Waitress. Um, they were in the very, very beginning stages of, of working on that show. I thought I would audition for something. I went for, and I auditioned for Into the Woods, actually. Um, the, the production they did back in the park. I auditioned for the role of Cinderella. I did not get it. I was so, I was so underprepared and had no idea what I was doing. And I was so humbled by that experience because I thought, oh, I'm a good singer. I can, you know, and I did some musical theater. No, this is the, it was so um, egotistical of me to think that I could walk into this new medium and thrive there. But I, I took a meeting with Diane. She told me about the film Waitress. I had not seen the movie. I went back and watched the movie and I, I was sort of just curious. I, it felt like um, an experiment. And I was like, I'm not totally sure I can do this. I don't, it feels impossible to me at the moment, but there was something about the idea of really taking a left turn. My, my soul was really asking me to do something different. Like you said. Um, so then I just went on this journey of, we just started with the film and the film script and writers started to come in and we were sort of looking for the right fit. And it was deeply collaborative. It was 
painfully complicated a lot of the time. It was totally joyful. So how long did it take from you started till you had like, okay, that's it? From us starting to get to Broadway was four years, wow. which in the world of musicals is like a real fast track. Mm -hmm. So I was shocked about that. Um, but I just, over the years, fell in love with it. I fell in love with the process and the people, and I don't like the tedium of it. I still don't like that, um, that you have to come back and revise and revise. I, I learned that like the way that I write for me as a storyteller, you know, it requires a slightly different brain to tell this other story. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, but I said the why was just that I think I was really searching for something and my life genuinely falls into two categories, which is like before waitress and after waitress mm -hmm. and everything that has come after waitress is better. I'm mm -hmm. just so grateful that this, project came into my life and it changed everything so it's been like the great artistic love of my life and continues to be and um yeah i i'm just really lucky that it showed up well we're happy you did it congratulations thank you thanks me too it was really beautiful yeah i'll come back to you when i write a whole new one yes i was gonna ask are you gonna do another one this this hair won't be here <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Anne Juliet Podcast. Be sure to listen to our next episode when Anne Juliet choreographer Jennifer Weber joins Jerry Mitchell to discuss how dance tells stories in musical theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.